Hi, this is Joe Peters with In the Know with Joe, and I'm about to interview Paul Gazella of the Greater Raritan Workforce Development Board. He's the director of this board, and I apologize for mispronouncing his name up front. Let's listen in. Hi, it's Joe Peters with In the Know of Joe, and I'm sitting talking with Paul Gazella. Gazella. Okay. Um, of the Greater Raritan Workforce Development um, Initiative. And Paul, why don't you introduce us to your background? Because it's quite in depth, and I myself didn't realize some of the things that I read about you today. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, thank you for the opportunity, Joe, to share with uh, uh, your listeners uh, our work and what we're trying to do, particularly in this time of COVID. Um, I'm a lifelong Somerset County resident, uh, grew up in Warren Township in Somerset County, uh, went to school at Northwestern where I got a, a bachelor's and mastered, master's degrees in journalism. And I was fortunate enough to have a uh, more than 35 year career as a community journalist. Um, I started at the Courier News in 1983 and had a variety of different roles, um, starting as a copy editor and then a beat reporter for three years, a municipal beat reporter, and then a whole different series of roles throughout the uh, company. Um, as the company continued to change, um, I took on some expanded uh, roles, not only at the Courier News, but at the Home News Tribune, uh, which services uh, Middlesex County. And I ended my career uh, in uh, February of 2019 as um, editor of, the, of the, the Courier News, the Home News Tribune, and its digital platform, MyCentralJersey.com. So throughout those, uh, the, I would say the last least decade of my career, um, I used my skills in, in a digital way because that's how people uh, have uh, continued to evolve sure. and, um, and work. Um, I, during that time, I, I served in a number of different uh, number of different capacities with different organizations, um, all based in um, Somerset, Hunterdon, and Middlesex counties, uh, because that was and continues to be the newspapers um, um, or the journalism companies uh, uh, area areas, um, and one of those was the uh, Greater Raritan Workforce Development Board. Or, or as previously known as the Greater Raritan Workforce Investment Board, okay, um, or the WIB, uh, but that that name changed uh, in 2015 based on updated federal federal legislation. So now we go by the GRWDB. Um, I was a board. I was on the board in starting in 2012 or 2013. Time. Uh, Time is starting to uh, slip away from me. Right. I was a board chair for two of those years. And then when there was a management change, I had the opportunity to become uh, the part-time director of the board, um, which occurred uh, two weeks after my retirement from the from uh, Courier News, Home News Tribune, MyCentralJersey.com. And um, I became full-time director in November of 2019. Wow. That's that's quite a, an in-depth background. I I 
as you know, as I'm a real estate agent, but my interest is very deep in both Hunter and Somerset County. And I've, I've gone through both leadership programs. So in going through Hunter and first in 2016, I discovered the Greater Raritan Job Development Workforce Development Board and John Maddox and got to know John through it and got quite an in a first-hand understanding of what was going on. They were different times than today, but it was, we've got two counties that are joint effort in one board like this, and they have two diverse need sets because as you go further into Hunterdon, it gets more and more bucolic and um, the needs are quite different, but they share a lot of common things. But then I followed up because I got so much out of the Hunterdon set, I did the Somerset leadership in 2018 and got even deeper into it. And since we've gone through, I guess we're just about 12 months into COVID, it's almost its first anniversary around March 13th when we all realized it was really here. Um, I, I've, I've talked again to John and I've talked after talking to John to Mike Madonna at our VCC, the uh, community college about understanding the job of keeping the workforce being developed, even though the county is pretty much shut down. And it's an amazing story. It's like wartime production. We need the people coming out of it. And after listening to a few of these people talk, I said, I've got to go find Paul and talk to him as well, because it's coming from the bottom up through his efforts. Your organization, if I understand it, joins the needs of the workforce with the needs of the employment people in the county, the employment force, and cultivates the two to a program that's meshing with each other so that we're developing workforce for the needs that we have and we're employing them as quickly as possible locally. Is that, a, and, and then you have a great mar, um, market reporting of, as the accomplishments of it. So there's a lot of statistics there to what, is that a good description or should, would you want to modify it a little? I think that captures a lot of what we're doing. Um, and a lot of it uh, continues to evolve. Um, you know, just like every other organization because of COVID, um, some of the, you know, one we've all have to, had to work remotely and but have not stopped working, continuing to work as best we can with um, uh, the people who contact us, whether it's for um, uh, one of our training programs or whether they need to have a resume um, updated or they want to take our new uh, skill up program, which is an online learning uh, portal that's free for residents and employers in the two counties. Uh, so we're always trying to, uh, one, make sure that people know we're here. Um, you know, I keep continually hear that um, uh, the workforce boards, not only in New Jersey, but around the uh, country are some of the, work, the, the best kept secrets. And um, uh, we have been trying uh, in a variety of different ways uh, to expand people's awareness of um, who we are and what we do and how they can use our services, whether they're um, our local services, our county contacts, our state services, or even try to hook people into um, to a federal program if appropriate and vice versa, then use some of those, try to make to 
get some of those services that are available by a variety of partners into the local communities to help as best they can. I'll, and I'll give you an example. Um, uh, yesterday was uh, doing a presentation to the State Employment and Training Commission, which uh, oversees the workforce boards in New Jersey. And um, um, during, I was one of the presenters and another presenter was from the New Jersey Department of Labor, Labor's uh, outreach, I forget her exact title, uh, outreach uh, arm. And they've created a new program on, uh, for employers about health and safety during COVID, which tries to wrap together and present in a very understandable way to employers uh, the things that they need to know as they get ready to bring back people to work as they get ready to, um, or if they're bringing back people to work, if they're getting tested or if they get sick or if they need time off, what are all the, what are the things they need to know in order to, um, to have a, a smoothly run operation and not right. run foul of anything by accident. Um, so I heard about that program yesterday. It's a new virtual webinar that uh, they've designed. And I just reached out to um, both the Somerset County Business Partnership and the Hunterdon County Chamber of Commerce to see if there would be interest in having some type of joint program uh, presented by the New Jersey Department of Labor to these specific count these two county specific um, business or economic development uh, arms, um, and there is. So you know that's just one example of how you know I tr we tried to, the workforce board is, tries to be a very passable bridge between a lot of different entities trying to bring everyone together for a positive outcome. So before we hit into the COVID nightmare, I guess is the better word for it. There may be a better one, but that's mine. Um, I was always impressed with Hunterdon and, and Somerset County that we were running maybe 3.5%, 3.4% unemployment mm -hmm. on a statewide basis. But when we looked at both Hunterdon and Somerset, we were under 2%. Um, it seems like we were doing a really good job of employing the people in Hunterdon and Somerset County. And I would think some of that credit would have to go to this organization. Uh, well Certainly, uh, the organization has always tried to ensure that um, all of its partners worked well together to ensure that if someone needed our services, whether it was they were unemployed or underemployed, that we were able to connect them quickly and have a positive outcome where they would be placed into um, the, or they get employment in a um, industry or, or occupation that is not only sustainable, but has growth potential. Because of course, that is always the ideal that you're, you're creating a sustainable career pathways for individuals um, and, and taking advantage of um, the, uh, the opportunities that exist in the two, in the two counties um, and vice versa, making sure that um, our uh, employers can really use the highly trained um, and nimble workforce that ex already exists in the county as well. So one of the things um, that is unique to our two counties is 
we are so rural as compared to the rest of the state. Now there's even some even more rural areas, but for central Jersey, we're probably the two most rural. Transportation is always an issue. And I see that the, the Workforce Development Board and the two counties transportation arms are working hand in hand as well. And I think mm -hmm. that that's key. Could you talk a little about how that works? Sure, so for the last several years, we have run, we have uh, funded a supportive services uh, program for um, for people who don't have access to um, don't have a car and are trying to figure out how to use uh, either NJ Transit or or local or local um, uh, business of Go Hundred Inn and and, and um, Ridewise how to be how they can uh, connect people who don't have ready transportation to transportation and then to a job. So that, is, that has been one of the uh, pillar that uh, has been recognized for a while in our area. Um, and in fact, one of the things that we're working on um, debuting that we were going to debut back in March of 2020, but we decided to put, put off was um, through our Somerset County GIS um, uh, uh, arm in the finance department they are working on a uh, interactive uh, map that shows that dots out or plots out uh, where the where the businesses are that normally have the most openings on an ongoing basis, which is one of the the metrics that we have available through the um, labor market information arm of the Department of Labor, and on that map then. Uh, you can look to see the, uh, the different public transportation options that are available along, as, along with schedules, whether it's um, NJ Transit, um, whether it's Scoot, whether it's, um, uh, I want to say Hart, but that's the wrong name, isn't it? Right, it's... Yeah, it's, oh, it's escaping me, sorry. Um, you said it before, Ridewise. Ridewise, yeah, yeah, no, Go Hunter in. Go Hunter in. Go Hunter in. okay. Go Hunter in. Heart, yes, um, right. Heart turned into go hundred. Right, but uh, so and, and so that was uh, another way that so it's another way that we can present information um, in a in a a, a very uh, a friendly format that it can be used on either a computer or a phone, uh, so that we can you know we have access to a lot of these services and a lot of this information. So we're one of the things that we're trying to do is make the information very accessible and understandable quickly. That I think is um, a wonderful undertaking because while I, in 2016, they had developed the link between uh, the area around Flemington and getting over to the mall and to Raron Valley Community College, which was a tremendous step forward. Mm -hmm. And they were considering taking it even further and getting it to the east and out to the airport and to Newark and to whatever. I'm not sure how far that ever got, but it was going in the right direction. Because for the listeners, one of our biggest problems are in Hunterdon County and Somerset East, Western part as well. We have a lot of places that are tremendously rural. I mean, it's country living. I still see outhouses back there on some of those properties. And if we needed to get hired help out to work on them, they probably don't have the wherewithal to drive to them. And as a result, we needed 
some way of getting people back and forth so that we could make what we have within the county happen. And this was a, a great effort towards that. But somewhere about a year ago, COVID happened and our, our, the whole game, it's like God's way of laughing at us. The whole game plan changed. Um, I had Bonnie Duncan on last week and we talked about its effect on Hunterdon County. And I would think Somerset is probably pretty much the same. And that is that the people who could least afford to get hurt got hurt the most that we typically have in the employment sector, a K-shaped curve, the top of the K being the upward progressible who have a, capable of working remotely, didn't miss that much out of their work life. But the people who were the Main Street, Flemington, Main Street, Hunter, and uh, Somerset, I should say, people um, were the ones that were hurt the most because many of the places they went to work either curtailed or disappeared. As a matter of fact, what Bonnie says, it's not only the people are out of work, but they're never their bosses are out of work or up a generation. So we've got a, a need that was there and it got worse. Um, and I, I don't know if you see it as the same as I just described it, but I'm sure COVID has taken its an effect, and I'd like to get your opinion on, on what it's done to the two counties. Um, not only do I see the, um, the numbers for uh, our two counties, but I see the numbers for the um, entire state. And while it's been a, certainly a very tough go for, the, for our counties, um, when you look at like just neighboring Middlesex County, their unemployment right now, their total impact of the unemployment is almost three times what uh, it is for um, our two counties. Wow. And, you know, Essex and particularly Newark have been particularly hit, but I think that's also kind of a reflection of um, um, what you were, what Bonnie was talking about, that, that um, the people who have been hurt the most both in uh, in both counties um, are uh, uh, minorities and women, um, and there's you know, and we're reflective of what you're seeing nationwide. Uh, in some cases, it's women who uh, might have been able to work, but that because their children aren't in school, um, they have they've had to take that over, or they might have they might have had two or three jobs, and now they only have one because you know, some of those part-time positions have um, disappeared. Um, I, I, we've put on our website, which is www.thegrwdb.org, um, an unemployment tracker that uh, is taking the weekly unemployment filings that we uh, are seeing and putting them into a, um, uh, I think a pretty easily digestible uh, format. And so uh, I just called it up. It's on, uh, on the website. It's under the labor market information at research and analysis tab, which is under resources. I'll, and, I'll put a link to that in our, uh, sure. I post this on the blog. Um, but it offers uh, just, uh, we, we're doing this. It's, this isn't perfect information because um, it's taken from the unemployment uh filings and some of the sometimes those are incomplete people don't off answer everything but 
I can tell you that since uh, March, 20, March 21st, 19,926 100 County residents have filed for unemployment. Um, in Somerset County, it's 58,702. Um, and that's considerably higher than we would normally experience in the course of a, um, in, the, of, in the course of nearly a year. So we started capturing these on March 21st and we just updated it um, for this, this, we updated every Thursday when the new figures come out. Um, and now some of these people have come off, some of the filings, they were, or people who are seasonally employed. Um, some of the filings represent people who are maybe on a one or two day furlough. And so they're going, uh, they're, um, they're, you know, they're, they're using unemployment just to be that bridge for that time to not lose as much. Uh, because that's one of the things that people certainly are, can do. But to, to the point, I was just looking um, at, uh, pull it up. Um, oh no, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to look at the, the data for you. So in Hunterdon County, um, Besides that total number, um, most of that 12.15% 12 um, is from uh, is from Reddington Township. They had and Clinton and Clinton Township was, which is a combined figure, um, just because that's the way the state reports it. They don't. Differentiated out, it's 2,300 people. Um, in Somerset County, the biggest chunk of that total of 58,000 uh, comes from Franklin Township, uh, Somerset. Um, that's 23% of the total, or 13 point, uh, 13, almost 14,000 people. And you know, those are all lives that are that we're talking about. Right. When you, when you start to look at who some of these people are. Both in Hunterdon and in Somerset, it's more uh, more women than men by about five percent. Um, I think uh, reflective of the overall uh, uh, demographics of the of some of Hunterdon County, eighty five percent of the filers are white, um, but in Somerset County that drops to sixty one percent, and um, a much higher percentage of minorities. So I think, you know, one of the, and one of the things uh, every week I send out to our board and committee members, um, kind of like just a, a weekly look at what we're doing and uh, some resources. And one of the uh, stories that I sent out yesterday was uh, a link uh, to a Washington Post story that talked about how many jobs aren't going to come back Right, uh, because the um, the the work is being has already been done differently. Um, whether uh, and you hear this a lot too that a lot of the work that people thought would become uh, automated um, in five to ten years has become automated in five to ten months, basically. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's you know so that's one part of it. Um, the other part of it is, and this certainly could have an impact on our, our area, um, depending on how the office, how people's 
work in offices, yes. you know, all those ancillary uh, jobs that support an office type environment, you know, the, the small restaurants and the cleaners and everything else. There's, there's not a consensus about how that's, what that is going to look like um, in the coming years. So, you know, those that also impacts um, the workers that we were talking about previously and really kind of points to the need, uh, you know, a lot of this conversation has started to focus around talk about equity, but also about, you know, how, how as a society can we do, how do we retool, how do we retrain? And this is certainly a question that then that is much bigger than uh, the Workforce Development Board. Right. We don't have, we can't resolve this by ourselves by any means, but you know, being at the table with um, with Mike Mike McDonough, our, our BCC, being at the table with the, the two economic development arms of the counties, um, it, just trying to have some of these conversations so that we can take it to understand and then plot appropriately. And I don't mean plot, but I mean you know figure out a a, a plan to go forward that helps everyone. So uh, just so our listeners are clear, Hunterdon County is about 125,000 people and Somerset County has about 375, if I remember the numbers correctly. Uh, so for Hunterdon to have about a third of the unemployed headcount versus Somerset, that's about proportionate. But at the same time, Somerset is a much more integrated county. So for them to have more minorities or, or non I don't know what the right term is. I'm trying to be politically correct, but it, 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 the numbers are proportionate when I listen to you. But when I talk to um, Jim Hughes about what's happening, and he's talking at the real high stratosphere end of it, Jim's the professor from Rutgers. Uh -huh. We all see on TV from now on in. He said for every person that worked in New York City, there were three or four support people. So now those people aren't in New York City and those three or four support people are out of work. They drove the bus, they made the lunch. They, you know, you can imagine what they were doing. And now these people are working here in our own localities and the economic unfolding hasn't yet hit. It's starting to unfold, but we're buying lunch locally. We're going to stores locally. We're doing a lot of things locally that we never did before. And our bedroom communities are no longer a bedroom community. They live, work, play, and now learn communities. They'll probably unlearn at some point in time to live, work, play, hopefully. Um, so the challenges have changed. And that's what you just said, is that you know the counties have to sort of unfold how we handle this and how we train so that we can put these people back to work. Um, I'm... <clears throat> I'm somewhat perplexed because I care, obviously, and I think I, I've gotten, gotten involved in the two counties, how we bridge those two in the short term, but we've got to. And we, we have a lot of people out of work, a lot of people hurting, I mean, physically hurting. I think Bonnie said we went from 23 to 37% Alice people, which is a term we use for our $20 an hour type people. They're, they're employed, but they're not earning a lot. They're not highly educated. And they got hurt the most. And they need now to find skills. And since all these people who used to go to New York and probably will not go back are working locally, 
the people that supported them in New York are without work, but we have people without work here that probably could in some way, shape or form fit the bill. And one of the things Jim talks about is maybe hubs for companies where companies follow the people to where they live and sort of rethink the downtown areas that are losing store population and say, maybe we have more gathering population areas so that the companies can bring their people face to face a couple of times a month at least. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's mind boggling. It's, I, I know I put, I just, because I have a satellite system on a car and it tells me how many miles I use. I put 77, 3,700 miles on the car in a whole year. And I typically put about 18,000 on it. So somehow 14,000 miles didn't get driven. And that 14,000 miles changed a lot of lives. Right. Um, and it, some for the good, some for the bad, but it's different. And here we are facing the differences saying, how do we plan for it? Now, you were helping with the workforce development on the differences that we knew a year ago. The differences that we know today are much different differences. And I don't think we've wrapped our arms around them because I think many people still think we're going to go back pretty much to the way we were. And I think the people who are talking this out a little bit more, realizing not to a great extent, I think it's going to change permanently. Right. And that's what I'm hearing too. The other thing that's interesting, one of the other stories that I shared um, was a story yesterday with my, uh, with our board and committees was a story from NPR. Um, and we see this locally here. One of the services that um, our state partners offer um, is a, um, um, is uh, they've always offered in-person in job fairs, working with, um, working with our companies, uh, they, they can post in, uh, their job openings with us. They, they would have host in-person job fairs. Now, um, those stopped, of course, because the offices are closed to the public in, in Somerville and Flemington. But um, we, we did a, a drive-through job fair um, in October uh, that we had about 80 companies provide information that we that uh, of active job leads right now. And similarly, we uh, started uh, doing uh, information sessions about uh, available job, uh, job openings and uh, uh, with employers. And we, we are doing those like everything else, it's virtual. And um, we did five different sessions over the course of five weeks for Amazon, which opened a facility in uh, Franklin, Somerset County in December, where, you know, they're looking to uh, well over, I think, 2,400 people. I forget wow. that number. So we were helping them by promoting these sessions. Now, you know, it's Amazon, so you, uh, you, you know the type of work largely that they were looking for. But in the, those sessions attracted, just looking at the figures, they, those uh, uh, virtual sessions that we did attracted over 135 people. Um, and, now, and now we've also done some new sessions where we've worked with Eli Lilly, Power Container in Branchburg, um, SHI, which is in Franklin, Somerset, and Walmart in Flemington. 
And those, those virtual sessions have attracted about two, nearly 250 people. Um, and all of, those, all of those are companies that have open positions um, in, a, in a variety of different ways. And what's interesting is that, the, uh, that the, from the NPR story, we're seeing the same thing. These, a lot of these positions that are open that people could get right now uh, they, there's a, sometimes there's a skill, mis, mis, skill mismatch. And then there's also their in-person jobs that people uh, are afraid to take. So, you know, there are some positions available or, and I know one of the companies when we were talking, um, they had been training women for some of these, uh, some of these roles, but the women had to stop uh, because they had to take care of their kids because of COVID. So there's, you know, there's so many different things. There is opportunity. So I don't want to, I certainly don't want to by any means uh, say that there's not opportunity. Um, every day, every week on our site, um, we have, we also have a, a under resources job seekers. Every week we post uh, the job openings that come through NLX, the National Labor Exchange for um, Hunterdon and Somerset counties. Um, this past, and we do it every Monday. Uh, this past Monday, let me just call it up. Uh, there were 114 job openings um, posted for um, Hunterdon County. Uh, and they, and they, these listings include the name of the company, the, the city, the title, and the, the URL where you can apply uh, get more information and directly apply right away. Um, and they range from alternatives in Flemington, AutoZone, uh, Chubb, uh, a business consultant, a billing customer service rep. Um, there's a Garden State Growers, has a shipping clerk in Greenhouse Growers, a dock work, um, Hunter and Healthcare System. They have, they have multiple openings all the time. Uh, that includes patient service rep, a therapist, uh, um, registered for medical imaging. Uh, and it's the same type of story in Somerset County, but you know, sometimes we will post as many as 800 openings each week. So you know, the, the, the positions are there, but the, sometimes, as I said, there's a skill mismatch or until um, uh, people feel safe, these, these could uh, uh, keep uh, staying open as well. But what's the other part that's interesting is for some of these same companies, the, the, some of the, what they're called, I've heard the term craft position, you know, people who uh, may be a, an electrician in a company or uh, provide some other service like that. Those are well-paying, uh, sustainable career jobs, but we're, we're something, there's some type of um, link missing where people aren't realizing early in their careers or early in life that here's a really good career pathway for me that will enable me to have a really good life or even something that I go into at a later point. So, you know, besides having that discussion about some of the, some of these equity discussions, we also, uh, you know, and this is a discussion that we have often at a, with our education partners, you know, how do we help people see um, the opportunity that is already there. 
I think Mike uh, McDonough at, at RVCC, I've heard him speak several times, and I served on a diversity and inclusion council with him two years ago, got to know mm-hmm. him a little better. He says the best. He says, we're, we're, we're geared towards, and, and this is at the college level, so we got to bring it down a level, I think, as well. But he said, at the college level, the people are incented to send kids out of state to four-year colleges, and they're going out and getting degrees that are probably what mom and dad did, but are not useful degrees today, where if they came in and got a two-year degree or went through the workforce development at the college, they could probably find local work without incurring all of that four years worth of expense. And in most cases, make as much as if not more locally and be right here in the counties they grew up. But they don't, they're gone and they don't come back. So if it wasn't at the college level job employment uh, plateau for immigration, we'd have a net minus of working people in those jobs today. So if, if we take it down a step to the, the little less educated, we still have that mismatch that you talk about. Of We have a job that needs these credentials and we have people that have these credentials and they may match on two out of three out of 10, and, but still aren't qualified. We need to get them up to seven or eight so that they can fulfill that job and, and, and do it. And that's what your organization is there to do. But it's kind of like painting a moving bus with, with everything changing so much, I, I really, don't envy the position you're in as far as the workforce development for the new needs of the two counties. We just, you know, one of the things that uh, we have been trying really hard though is um, making sure that people have access to the, to the resources so that they can start seeing that themselves right. and understanding here's what we have. So, you know, every quarter, we publish um, uh, analysis, the jobs, job openings analysis um, that that looks at what are the most, who, where are the towns that have the most job openings? What are the industries? What are the businesses' names? What are the occupations? What are the skills that are needed, uh, that are most um, most needed in uh, uh, in any of the job postings that come up? And then, uh, then, so people can see, all right, so this is what uh, the companies are looking for right now. So, and then um, in the March of last year, we add, added our skill up program that um, has all free courses related to um, all types of, uh, of uh, computer, uh, computer-based courses, marketing, um, uh, the Microsoft, um, suite, um, Adobe, whole bunch of different uh, skills that you can, um, so you have those, some of those, you know, more, uh, those IT skills, but then there's a whole host of what are called employability or soft skills that people, um, that our businesses still want to have their new employees come in with. So it's a way that you can see, well, maybe I need, maybe I need to uh, uh, work on my communication skills a little bit. Well, here I can take this course for free that will help me get that. And after I finish this, I'll have a um, I'll have a certificate that I can show my current employer that hey, look at how I'm improving myself. Or I can show in my network or in, a, in an interview. Here's what else I have done to 
to learn about um, uh, what you, the skill that you need, Mr. Employer. So it's another, you know, it's another way that we can try to, to uh, help people um, and expand our, our resources. Cause you know, like, like every organization uh, we are, you know, that we have limited resources, we're federally and state funded, and we have multiple buckets of people that we have to work with, not only the unemployed, but uh, our underemployed, but we also work with veterans. We work with our, the, our, the work first and SNAP population, trying to help that population um, get into, uh, into employment. We also uh, uh, fund some literacy training. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of way we're trying to, to cut the pie that it feeds as many people as possible. But so, you know, anything that we can do to um, expand what we're doing and help people be more supple and more flexible to what is needed right now is a benefit. So that's one of the reasons we're um, in a few weeks, I hope that we'll be um, uh, launching a new resume portal as a pilot on our, our website where people will be able to um, plug in their resume and have it rated through an, an AI program. And they also can have their LinkedIn profile rated as well. And they will tell you areas where you need to improve it. Um, That's tremendous. That's tremendous. And there are, you know, there are resume services out there. We, you know, we already offer people, um, uh, you know, law review resumes. Uh, so there's a lot that we're already doing, but this is, uh, and we, what we're, we'll be encouraging people to do is, you know, if you want to work with a career counselor, you know, please, this is something that you can show them. You'll have a, a, a product to show them that they right. can further refine if needed. So it's, it's not meant to be a replacement. It's meant to be an add-on. So all of this is meant to try to help people understand what is being uh, looked at right now to get them into a good career. So if we have somebody listening that is either out of work, underemployed, or not happy in their employment, a great place to start would be on a greater workforce development site under employees or job seekers, I believe you call it. Yes, job seekers. And look at what's open versus imagine what you'd like to do. Because if you want to become a rocket scientist in Hunter or Somerset County, there's probably not a lot of work for you here. But if you want to become one of the jobs that are open that we're actively looking for people for, you're probably going to find meaningful and well-paying work a lot quicker. And it's, it's sort of an intelligent match. So many kids go to college without a goal in mind. I mean, just think of how many people say, I don't know what I want to be yet, so I'm going to take liberal arts. Okay, it's a great way to get started. But you can start without going to college, look at the jobs that are open, the skills that are needed and find ways to get the skills locally and get local meaningful employment and then take it up a notch and go into the, the workforce development part of the community college. And um, Mike tells some wonderful stories about what they're paying for people who don't even have a two year degree. I, I think, you know, without a degree, it's very difficult in some fields, but it's less difficult than it used to be correct if you've got certain skill sets in it we're coming to the end of our time um and we talked about an awful lot of things so we talk more from the employee or or job seeker end of it what about from the employer is are your 
Are you looking for more employers to get involved with your aspects? Yes, we're, we always welcome. Uh, we always welcome employer um, participation on our board. Um, we have a number of large employers and some small employers, um, both on our boards and our committees. But we always could use more. But I also realize, you know, you've got a company, you've got companies to run, you've got employees to right. um, to manage. So we tr try. And I came from, you know, I got involved with the workforce system when I was working. So at the at a full time job, so I understand um, restrictions. You know, real. I try. So I try to be. We all try to be realistic about that. And in some ways, the um, the uh, uh, the going to a virtual meeting format in some ways has helped because while we, you know, you miss some of that networking that can be really helpful. If you're not driving to someplace, you're at the meeting, you can ha have a good hour long meeting and be done. Um, so, uh, you know, from that perspective, um, um, it, it's, it, it's uh, I, I don't want to say a positive, but it's not, certainly not a negative. But um, employ if people, if employers listening, um, if you go to on our site to resources employers, that's another tab you'll see a whole bunch of um, resources that we have um, aggregated that are directly for employers, whether you wanna post a job, whether you wanna post a job and how to contact us to get involved in our job match project, which is where um, system team members are going into um, a system uh, of the, where people have um, put what their skills are available. These are the uh, people who are unemployed and we're directly sending out to people um, those openings. So during the course, we began this project back in um, April of last year. And since then, we have sent out, uh, where is my total? It's a lot of it. We've sent out about 250,000 emails Wow. No, sorry, 350,000 emails and more than 2,000 people have contacted us. Um, and these are current open positions and more than 2,000 people have contacted us to, um, to say they were going to apply for the positions. We also, as I mentioned, we have this information sessions where we're connecting, um, uh, uh, connecting job seekers to open positions and trying to get sure that they're... Um, um, get employed. We have, uh, we also have an ongoing at the top of our site, we have a, um, uh, we're running an ongoing survey, it's a brief survey uh, that's focusing on hiring and job skill needs um, for our local employers and it's uh, any company of any size can use it. We pull down the results once a month and it's a way to keep for us to understand um, you know, something that we can control as a workforce. Well, I don't know if we can tr control, but we have some, we have some uh, say in about career and career skill and uh, careers and job skills. I know that's what our, that, that's our specialty. So it's a way for us to try to understand in real time what our uh, businesses want and need right now. And then we have a whole host of other um, uh, of resources. And right now too, there's a, a, the state released just a few weeks ago an on-the-job training um, grant opportunity. 
uh, where it, depending on if you meet the if the company meets the criteria, they can have uh, someone had basically paid it, you know, train while they uh, train while they earn. Um, so wow. there's there's different uh, things that uh, we can if you contact um, us, we'll put you in contact with our state business representatives, Amanda Modell and Jessica Johansson. Uh, some of your employer uh, employer uh, listeners may know them already, but they're excellent and will do a, uh, do everything they can to help a business um, uh, meet its needs, meet its employee needs. Well, Paul, a wealth of information. So if you wanted to generically look up the site, just go to Google and do Greater Raritan Valley Workforce Development Board and a site will pop up or it has an acronym of the grwdb.org. The GRD, and I will put both links in the post here where we put this podcast up on my blog. Well, I, I really thank you for coming on. It looks like either as a job seeker or as an employer, there are lots and lots and lots of resources here. And I hope people who tune in take advantage of them. And the phone number for contacting the board and talking to them directly, and they are easy to contact, will be on that site as well. Very good. Anything I didn't mention that you would have liked to brought up, Paul? No, I think, uh, no, we talked about a lot, as you said, and I just appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about what we do. And uh, just thank you for being part of the network that's being the word out. Well, great. I appreciate you for coming on and I will pick you up in another six months or so and see how we're doing. What a tremendous amount of information Paul has just shared with us. As the director of the Greater Raritan Workforce Development Board, Paul has mentioned several areas on the Workforce Development's website where you can find additional information. There are links you can find there for both employers and for job seekers. And I have highlighted these links on the podcast site. Please take the opportunity to go deeper on these subjects there. One of the biggest decisions in your lifetime is buying or selling a house. Choosing a realtor with strong client communication, technology, and marketing skills will dramatically improve your chance of success. That's why Hunterdon and Somerset's residents rely on Joe Peters. Joe believes his clients deserve a smooth and seamless experience, not a roller coaster ride. As a Coldwell Banker Sales Associate with 20 years of experience, he's helped hundreds of people to achieve their goals and dreams, no matter where they were in the buying or selling process. Here's what his satisfied customers have to say. Joe guided us through the process of selling our home and made a complicated transaction appear seamless. Joe is diligent and responsive without being pushy and truly keeps his clients' best interest in mind. He would return calls within minutes if he didn't pick up. Joe accomplishes this by approaching every transaction from a business perspective. Initially, he tries to fully understand your goals and dreams and make them his own. Then he takes the mass amount of data that's available and distills it down to a few understandable action points. And finally, he controls the entire process through technology and marketing. The end result to you is a smooth, rewarding customer experience. Let Joe show you how to take his professional expertise and put it to work for you. To contact Joe, go to jpeters.com. You can call 908-238-0118 or text to 908-304-4660.